Hello, and welcome to the Family Bookshelf. I am Nick, the Game Schooling Dad, and with me, as always, is my wife, Amber, of ambitionsforchrist.com. Today, I've got three books for you that should help you on your path to uh, ministry. Uh, one of my goals in life, I aspire to be a pastor someday. Uh, whether that happens or not, we'll see, but it's something I've, you know, working towards and looking forward. Right, well, and I mean, something you just want to train towards. If right. God opens that door, you want to be able to step through that door. <laughs> and, and if your calling is not a pastor, or if your calling is something else, or hopefully you're still in ministry, hopefully you're still working with the church, you know, we are all called to ministry in some capacity. Yes. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It has to be some sort of uh, working within the church, for the church, to have the church grow. All of us, all Christians, are called for that. So these three books should be able to help you, whether you uh, use them to be a pastor, like I intend mm -hmm. to, or whether you use them to do something else, because I think they have value in, uh, for everyone. Yeah. So the first one I have is called Discipling by Mark Deaver. Uh, so discipling is when you take a younger Christian or another Christian and build them up in the Lord. So you take a young Christian and you have them put on the right path. And the idea is they should be following your example, what you do. So hopefully you are setting a good example for them. Uh, all Christians are called to disciple. Uh, discipling is pretty much the great commandment Jesus gives us before he ascends to heaven. Right? right. I mean, it's the go into the world and make go forth to all the world disciples. Yeah, make disciples of all the world, you know, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son. So I know that verse too, Amber. <laughs> it's the Great Commission. <laughs> the Great Commission. So um, discipling by Mark Deaver really sets out a path for how to do that because most churches don't do this well. Mm -hmm. uh, I know in our old church, the one that we left two years ago, they didn't disciple at all. They had no discipling program, no discipling set. I was in a, you know, a church with a bunch of old men, and not a one of them wanted to come up to me and say, "Hey, you know, why don't you come work with me and, and talk with me, and let's put you, make sure you're on the right path. Let's walk with you through this." And it became very frustrating because, like, yeah. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm doing the wrong thing. Oh yeah. Where do I go with this? And you no, know, they're not willing to help me with this, nor are they willing to give me more responsibility to show me that I'm doing the right thing. Very difficult to know what I'm doing as a Christian at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Now we go to our new church, and they do a little better. Uh, I'm not going to give them a ton of kudos mm -hmm. because I still feel disconnected a lot of the time. Uh, right. Well, and I think it's just, and I think just because of our limited source of churches that we've been to and we've seen struggles, but I think it's not just a few small churches. I think this is a struggle nationwide. I, I mean, think so too. It's a nationwide epidemic of how... Older, there are some older people out there that would love to be mentoring, but they can't get connected to young people that want to be mentored. And then you have a bunch of young people who are out there searching aimlessly, going, who's going to show me what to do? I don't get this. I need help. And they can't connect to the older people that are willing to. And it's a hard struggle. And I think churches are struggling don't know how to make that connection happen either. Definitely. Well said. I mean, I, I, you're, you're exactly spot on. This is a, an epidemic throughout the church, throughout the entire church world. Mm. I mean, we don't know how to raise up this next generation, and we've stopped doing it. We've yeah. just, instead of, you know, doing it poorly, we're just not doing it at all. Yeah. And so connecting with people has become very difficult. Mm. And so it's, you know, something that we all need to strive to do better, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're trying to be a pastor, or whether you're trying to be an Awanas teacher or a VBS teacher, or trying to be a small group leader, whatever, find someone, mentor them up. Mm -hmm. You know, then find a group of someones and mentor them up and have them mentor people up. You know, right. that is basically kind of how he lays it out. Create a class of people, you know, mentor them and then have them 
mentor other people and it just grows exponentially is the idea right he is always you should have exponential growth with discipling never that it just stays put between you and one person right it should always grow and expand yes so um mark deaver i just found this out uh, fairly recently he's he is a senior pastor at a church in dc who also i believe employs like five associate pastors <laughs> seven uh junior pastors and has a whole pastoring like uh, like class that he teaches and trains people to be pastors the man definitely practices what he preaches here right and he does he sets out a nice way of how our whole church can go about raising disciples in the name of the father son and the holy ghost mm. you know and it's it's really spectacular it's really something i think we need a lot more involvement in as yeah. the church so I would really recommend uh, discipling, and if uh, you know it's something that's new to you, something you haven't heard of before, probably something you should be involved in. Discipling by Mark Deaver. Uh, the next one I had, I just finished this last week, and I just fell in love with it right away. It's called "The Path to Being a Pastor" by Bobby Jameson. Mm. This is Bobby Jameson is one of the associate pastors under. Mark Deaver. <laughs> so it's working. <laughs> it was, yes. Uh, and just to put this in the state of context of where this guy is, this guy is an associate pastor. He has two seminary degrees and a doctorate. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't get over that when he's talking about he's actually working under a senior pastor when he himself is this qualified. It's like, right. holy cow, what chance do I have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's one of those things where if you just look at the piece of papers on their wall, it's a little bit like, oh, wow. It was a little intimidating. Yeah. Now, now, my only problem with this with this book, my only problem is a very personal problem, is that I have no dreams and no desires to work or be involved in a mega church. Mm -hmm. It is not my goal to go preach to ten thousand people every yeah. every day, every Sunday, and you know that's just that that terrifies me. <laughs> I, I don't want to live in that situation. I don't want to put my family in that situation. I don't think it would be the healthiest situation. Um, I, I went to a mega church for a little bit when I first became a Christian uh, in where my parents live down closer to Denver and it's a very difficult church mm -hmm. it was I mean I think it was it's hard to get connected in this small church it's impossible to get connected up there well and I think I mean the easiest part was I mean the few times we went it was the it's the best and the worst part is we were able to walk in and walk out and never have to talk to a single person mm -hmm. Because it was like, it's nice because we were visiting just like for a weekend here or there. And we just wanted to be able to slip in and slip out. You know, we still wanted to be able to go to church, but we didn't want to have to like take a ton of time to, you know, right. meet all the new people. But that's the worst thing possible. I mean, the whole purpose of church is you are with other Christians and you know other Christians and all this stuff. And I don't know, you just, you can't do that well no. in those big churches. No, you can't. And, and it's really hard to, just to disciple. I mean, this is that whole discipling mm -hmm. thing of how are you connecting people? How are you bringing them into the church? Now, again, we were visiting, you and I, yeah. and still we got greeted by the standard greeters at the door who shook our hands, said good morning, and then we never talked to another soul. Yep. You hide in that anonymity and, you know, you have that building filled with, yeah, probably 5,000 people. And how many of them are really professing Christians? Yeah. How many of them know the doctrine and know their theological statement and what they believe and what they should mm. believe when they're in this building? Yeah. You know, and it's hard. Well, and from a pastoring viewpoint, too, I can't imagine it because how can you connect, like, if you preach a sermon, and how do you know if that sermon resonated with people? Or maybe you realize, oh, hey, a bunch of people came up after church asking a question. Maybe I need to do a sermon on this now because this clearly resonated 
and there was questions further into yeah. it. Let me, you know, go in. But you can't do that. There's too you, much going on. You have on. to be able to find some sort of internal keys that would set you off. People mm -hmm. that you trust. Obviously, you'd have an elder group. And all of those people would have to be incredibly strong in the word and able to refute you or criticize you in yeah. love and with great discipline and great heart. And that would be very hard. So, again, let's get back to oh, yeah, sorry. Path to Being a Pastor by Bobby Jameson. Uh, he is set and geared and talking towards people who probably want to be pastors of larger churches. My goal in life is to maybe someday when I'm looking to retire to be a pastor of a small rural church. Mm -hmm. um, there's good and there's bad to that, just like there's good and there's bad to anything. And so not everything resonated with me, but everything he said had a good point. Mm. Uh, you know, he talks, he kind of strips off the glitz and the glamour <laughs> of being a pastor if if there is glitz and glamour <laughs> of being a pastor you know and he tells the stories of the pastors that not only have to preach on sunday but then go clean the toilets on monday mm -hmm. you know he tells the story of the pastors who kind of have to deal with the power struggles within a church and the, pa <sighs> the pastors that have to deal with these things that are never going to change but aren't necessarily i don't want to say they're wrong but they're not necessarily Right. I don't know how else to say yeah. that. The, the, the church is built on preferences as opposed to built on the Word of God. Right. So, and it was great. It was great as far as advice for, you know, what to do when you start applying, what to do when you start candidating, what to do, you know, even back to when you're single and you're just looking to marry, you know, mm -hmm. and how to raise your kids. And all of it builds into being a better pastor. And, and the great part, the amazing part that he talks about first is that to be a pastor is really nothing special than being a Christian. It's mm. just probably being an exemplary Christian. Be someone right. who does these things to the best of the ability, you know, right. in a little bit more fullness than a, a regular, quote-unquote, regular Christian. Right. Is, right. So it's still a book that I think a lot of people would find, you know, interesting and valuable just in how he describes being a Christian. These are things that all of us are called to do. Mm -hmm. When you look at the list in Timothy and Titus, these are not special commandments for pastors. You know, not being a drunkard and not being violent and not, and you know, being married to one woman. <laughs> these are things for all Christians. Right. I mean, th none of these things are so shocking or so egregiously hard that anyone can do this. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you can do it. Someone else down the street could do it. You know, if Christ is living in you, you can do this. Really? I mean, the only special spot a pastor has is that they are an exemplary example uh, and mm -hmm. that they can teach. Yep. If they're a decent teacher. So, and that's, you know, that's in degrees. And as, as someone who was a teacher for a few years, anyone can teach. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's more a matter of sometimes finding the right class, sometimes yeah. finding the right topic or the right subjects, you know. But if you have a passion in it and you're interested and want to do it, I think you can teach anything, anybody, yeah. anybody, anything, I should say, maybe. Yeah. So I think you'd find a lot of value. And I'm hoping my wife will someday pick that up. Even though, <laughs> I do hope to as Even well. though she has, of course, no <laughs> inspiration of being a pastor, right? Right. Aspirations. So that's The Path to Being a, a Pastor by Bobby Jameson. Now, the last one is a little bit more difficult. It's called Power in the Pulpit by Vines and Shaddix. So this is actually two books that are kind of slammed together like a, a head-on collision just wham you know what i mean there's really no to say it. I love it. half the book is a, a a textbook for a speech class 
how to actually just give a speech. Oh, okay. uh, not a bad thing if you've never done that, if you've never given right. that. You know, those are things, those are tools that you could definitely probably use. But I've heard enough sermons where I can say they probably need a few of those. There are some, yes. <laughs> being able to inflect your voice up and down and being able to read with passion into the thing, those are all valuable skills. Yeah. He talks about that, <laughs> and there are people who struggle with that. So something to worry about. But the other half of the book is actually the far more interesting book. And if you are being a pastor, this is the kind of preaching you should do. If you are not interested in being a pastor, this is the kind of preaching you should expect from your pastor. It's called expository preaching, (laughs) and it begins with the Bible. If the pastor does not open the Bible and read from the Bible at some point in time in their sermon, something is wrong. Right. Red flags should be going off every which way to Tuesday. Now, expository (laughs) preaching is a little bit more in-depth than that. It actually goes into the word studies, goes into some of the historical context, goes into much more of these things that are much more integral to studying the Bible. It's actually Mm -hmm. biblical study. I mean, our pastor does a good job of this. This is why we go to this church now. And when I've gone into his office, he has a mound of books on his desk that are, you know, when I'm sitting down, they're as high as my (laughs) eyes, you know, and he is studying the Bible. And Mm -hmm. what is he pulling out of there, the context he's pulling? And, you know, what is this actually saying to the first century Christians? And we have to start at this point and then bring it to our point. If a pastor is starting our point or starting with his point and then making the verses fit his topic, that's topical preaching, and it is uh, <laughs> different. It, I, it can be good sometimes. Yes. And if they are still letting the scriptures shine through and be the leading truth yes. in that. I think the hardest part is often when you get to topical sermons, it's much easier to make a verse be read out of context, mm-hmm. and it's much easier to... I guess put your own impressions into it in such a way that your viewpoint becomes the viewpoint you're talking about instead of what the Bible's yes. viewpoint is. Well said. Because and it's it's hard. I don't want to say topical preaching is wrong because I think even our pastor that's what he's on right now. He's in a series that's more topical than expository and it's not his best preaching, but it is preaching that is necessary right now in this moment. Right. He's talking about what we believe is a church. He's going what through does the yeah, church believe. The and those, that's a solid topic that he's going through. Right. You know, but then we also had a pastor, the pastor that we left, who wouldn't get off of wisdom and would take wisdom verses completely out of context and make mm-hmm. them say what he wanted them to say and twist them into such a way that it was no longer scripture and it was no longer the point that the bible was making yeah and you've got to be wary of that if they are not pulling things directly from the bible they're doing something wrong right well i think there's something to be said i mean i've seen so many pastors or heard so many pastors that you know yeah they they use bible verses in their sermon technically but you have to be very wary of how they're using them and I mean, there's the classic example, I guess, would be of, you know, you hear these pastors anymore. It's like they literally will give sermons. You know, the Bible says there is no God. So even if you struggle with this belief, it's like, no, there is a verse that says the fool said in his heart, there's no God. But you pull that out of context well enough and you are in trouble. (laughs) And so I think that's just one of those things that, you know, these kind of books will bring to view of 
yeah. watch out for that kind of preaching. And, and that's, you know, I had never heard of expository preaching before I looked at some of this, mm. and I was glad I did. And it yeah. really made me much more critical, and, and critical not always good, but critical, <laughs> definitely critical of poor Discerning. preaching for a pastor. Discerning, thank you. <laughs> much better word. It's late at night here. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> understand. Much more discerning of what a pastor is doing, and are they doing the right thing? Because mm. I think we have to be discerning. The Bible yes. tells us very clearly False teachers abound. So mm-hmm. to do a little studying into expository preaching, and if you disagree with me, let me know. Drop me a line. You know, hook me up on Facebook or go to ambitionsforchrist.com and let me know what you think. Is expository preaching really the best way to preach, or am I missing something? Uh, <laughs> my name is Nick of I Am The Game Schooling Dad, and with me is Amber <laughs> of ambitionsforchrist.com. This has been The Family Bookshelf. Thank you. Have a good one.